Welcome to the RNA Outdoors podcast, fueled by Ripcord Arrowrest and First Light Hunting Apparel. At RNA, we are public land DIY conservationists that love to share our passion for the outdoors. So join us and our team as we interview professionals in the industry to share insight knowledge that helps make hunters and anglers more successful. Hey listeners, subscribers, and fellow outdoorsmen and women. This is your host, Lucas Paw, and I'm excited to tell you about some of the sponsors that continue to help make this podcast not only happen, but grow and thrive in this digital world of audio content. This podcast is brought to you by Ripcord Arrow Rest, the bow hunter's number one fallaway rest on the market. Ripcord is known for 100% full-time arrow containment in their patented drop-dead brake system that eliminates launcher bounce back. Best of all, Ripcord is backed by their rock-solid guarantee. If the original owner has a part break for any reason, it will be repaired or replaced at no charge. And did I mention, Ripcord is located in southwest Montana, where all their products are made with pride in America. Check them out at ripcordrs.com and on their social media feeds. This podcast is brought to you by First Light Clothing and Hunting Apparel. Born in the Rockies in central Idaho, First Light's mission is to create simple yet proven versatile gear that provides comfort and performance in any situation while working to promote the pursuit of ethical hunting and stewardship. I recently joined the First Light Pro Staff team and have continued to be impressed year after year in their innovations in engineering and merino wool fabrics. Ten years ago, they started putting out wool fabrics with camel patterns, and immediately this changed the game. Since then, they offer multiple layering systems and kits in various proprietary patterns and continue to raise the bar with their competition. Find them online at firstlight.com or under their social media feeds. Go farther, stay longer. We're ready to rock and roll this thing. Okay. Let's make the 2019 California application breakdowns with JQ and LP. Coming at you. From the Paw Cave. The Paw Palace here on the coast, California. Man, it's been a while since you and I have been on the podcast together. What? Western Hunting Expo? Yeah, it's been, it's been that long. February. February. I feel weird without having you. I've done a few podcasts <laughs> since then and did one with Jay in Texas and here one with my buddy here a little while ago up in Northern California. Yeah, you bums going to my... Texas without me. I know. Well, you, felt... were, you were invited. I know. I just didn't have time. Well, Jason and I are here and uh, we're staring down the 2019 California Big Game Hunting Digest, which... Um, Part of that is digesting all the information in the actual manual. But one thing I will say about California is they do a pretty good job in this digest of giving you all the information necessary to make a choice. If you're someone with max points, someone that has maybe few points but wants to draw a tag, they do a pretty good job of breaking down the state, both of they do. Um, the year prior and then also the proposed tags for, for 2019. So. And they produce this really cool pamphlet that gives it an easy way for us normal people to look at it. 
Until I looked at page eight and it says phasing out the printing printed regulations of the big game digest. In other words, people, yeah, don't get used to something that you've been used to for the last 20 years because it's going bye bye. Well, it is available online. There's a PDF format, so guy could always upload it, print it off if he wanted to, but yeah, you techies, you're going to be all set. I'm going to have to break down and buy another ream of paper to print all this stuff out. Yep. So so the drawing is, like I said, looking us square in the face. So it's June 2nd. So that's coming up. And we wanted to try to sit down and go through this, um, you know, before so we could get it out to our listeners. So they at least get a chance to understand, um, you know, this year, the license structure, what's new in 19. We're going to talk about. Um, some of the fundraising tags and what they've got options this year. We'll talk about the actual point system and break down California. It's a modified preference state. Um, we'll look at applications and then we'll start breaking down the big game species. Um, of course, bighorn sheep, uh, which is on top of everyone's list here for a desert in California. They're producing some some great sheep. We're going to look at elk, which is all three species, uh, mule deer uh, and also blacktail deer uh, and the options there. And then some of the other opportunity hunts in California, which is interesting about California because, you know, most people say, why would I apply in California? It's $178, 80, $180 for a license. Yeah. But when you think about beyond the big game opportunities, which this year we're going to talk about, you know, potential for two sheep tags, one elk tag, but deer, I mean, there's a, there's a huge opportunity for deer in, in a lot of the unrestricted areas. Uh, also, when you think about black bear, Wild turkey, if you're into that, and then also wild, you know, boar hunting and pig hunting, um, there's a ton of opportunity in this state. And a lot of people just phase that out and don't even think about that, which That's, is fine with me. But You know, I mean, <clears throat> we've talked about this before, but the reality in California is you have just about anything and everything available to you. So California is, if you are going to come here and go hunting, you should be able to think about lots of different things. I mean, if you're coming blacktail hunting on the coast of course you got to be automatically thinking about getting a pig tag right if you're going to go blacktail hunting up on the northern coast once again you got to be thinking about black bear so it's a multiple opportunity state and most of these opportunities are literally over the counter as long as you apply early enough a lot of them do sell out their quotas and that changes things a little bit but like A zone normally doesn't sell out. B zone has sold out a couple other times. But if you apply during the regular draw, you know you could apply for a really good tag. Sure. If you don't hit that, then you could automatically get that second place tag um, in the B zone. So, yep. you know, I mean, and just like you said, then if you're traveling through the area and you like to turkey hunt, oh my God! And you just had a smoking turkey hunt, which you know that'll be a podcast in itself coming yep. out real soon. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So. Looking at just uh, real briefly the hunting license and tag fees, California on average goes up anywhere from like one to two percent a year. Uh, so again, um, our hunting license continues to go up. If you're if you're um, a lifetime license holder, you don't care about Woo-hoo! that. Um, but for those that aren't, for those that aren't, uh, you're always looking at about a one to two percent increase every year on the on the hunting license. In addition to that, what was new in 2019, which I think is kind of cool, is um, reduced pricing for resident junior bear, elk, pronghorn, and bighorn sheep tags. So if you're a junior, um, which is classified, I believe anything under, is it 
16 or 18? 18. 18 years old. Um, there was a bill that was passed this year, basically that allots juniors a bear tag for $26, and if they're fortunate enough to draw an elk, pronghorn, or bighorn sheep tag um, in the magnitude of a whole whopping $21 for that tag. So, God, please. Don't you wish you could go back to being like 16 again? Well, I bought I bought the kids both lifetimes license when uh, this last year, and now this came out, and I'm thinking thoughts like, man, why it's the only one that gets to take advantage of this for a while? Yeah. So, got to get you a sheep tag, buddy. Yeah, sheep tag. So you're in. Um, what else is new? Also, in the deer tag classifications, there's been a few changes. Um, D6 tag quota was filled, so that goes to a premium deer tag now. Um, A18 and A22 go from premium to restricted tags. Um, A19 goes from a premium to unrestricted. And then the B zone quota, like you said, which filled last year in August, and then A32 will go to an unrestricted tag as well. So just a couple minor changes uh, in the deer classification changes. Surprisingly enough that D6 goes into a premium deer tag. (laughs) Which, If anybody is applying for D6 as a premium tag, well, if you have max points and applying for D6, yeah, that's yeah, sad. Yeah, we're, sad. we might have to slap you upside the head. Um, and one other thing that's pretty exciting this year, we're going to talk more about it uh, in the bighorn sheep um, section, but um, there's been a proposed new sheep zone. Now, today, May 16th, was the day that the commission was supposed to do its final adoption of all the tags and in and, uh, the big game drawing for all the big game species. But there was a new unit uh, in San Bernardino County just to the southeast of the Katy area, kind of right in that Barstow area, the Newberry, Rodman, and Ord hunt zone. So interesting unit. Um, I think it's south. I think it's southwest. Is it southwest? Of, of the Cadys. Of the Cadys. Okay. So so then it'd be just almost directly south of Barstow area then. Correct. San Bernardino Correct. County area. So um, pretty exciting so there. So we're hoping that they actually voted on it today and that it is a go. Yeah. But they put it in the, they put it in print. So I'm thinking they were pretty confident that that was going to happen. So for people out there that are listening, especially if you're a non-resident, there's going to be six tags in that area, right? So the prospectus says that, you know, if that is what's happening, now they've finally gone over 20 tags. So that means two non-residents are available. Yep. So um, I know for myself as a maximum point holder, that's going to be the area that I'm going to apply for you know, but it's the first time out. So our numbers in the past, and we'll probably talk about it here in a couple of minutes yep. is probably horrible to bad, or is that bad to horrible odds? But yeah, well, you know, you got to put your name in the hat in absolutely. order for it to come out. Yep. And then the last thing just to touch on is, is, you know, we, you and I talked about it last year, which was the non-lead ammo um, requirement going statewide that actually gets implemented this year. July 1st, 2019, all hunters uh, must use non-lead, and that's across the board. So it doesn't matter what you're shooting. If it's a pig, doesn't matter if you're shooting any other game animal, you got to use copper. Correct. I mean, that's just the way it is. Yep. Any non-game bird, non-game mammal, or any of that shall be in accordance with the non-lead projectile and ammunition requirements. So anyway. It is what it is. It is what it is, yeah. You know, I mean, if I was shooting Cape Buffalo, I'd be using solids. That's just the... Plain cold facts, yeah. but you know I don't necessarily like it. Well, for in Africa we can use lead, so they you know they don't they don't really care. So. Yeah, they don't care about any of that stuff. But anyway, anyway, um, fun 
Fundraising tags. Yeah, so fundraising tags. So this year, um, interesting enough, um, there's some pretty good tags out there for the fundraising. Again, these are a random drawing, um, and again, they they all this money goes back into all the conservation, general conservation funds. So in 2018, the fundraising random drawing tag generated more than $200,000 uh, for big game management in California. And, you know, the question is, where does that money go? Well, it goes back into the conservation efforts and the state of California um, to help allow these animals to thrive like they do. So this year, there's four uh, random fundraising tags. One is the open zone deer tag, which I think any of us would love to have, right? You can uh, hunt anywhere at any time as long as there's an open zone. Absolutely. Uh, the Northeastern California pronghorn tag. So I know that's something you're looking at. Um, you know, the Lassen unit, the tables, uh, Mount Dome, all those are are some classic areas where they're shooting really good size uh, pronghorn up there. So again, that's an opportunity, any legal method. Um, the Katie Mountains Desert Bighorn Sheep Tag. Uh, so that one, the cool thing about that one, I think, is the season days. So That's you know, the most important part. Yeah, you're hunting from November basically till February. So And just so, just so everybody knows, most of these other hunts, if you draw one of these raffle tags, I believe this November date, is a month earlier than everybody else gets to hunt. So you, as the raffle tag winner, are just like the governor tag buyer. That means you're in this game 30 days prior to everybody else. So yep, it's kind of like the grand pick of everything. And then, of course, the elk tag is Grizzly Island, which yeah. is inherently the, the best place to Thule elk hunt, you know, in the world. Yep. So, um, and most all elk that are a lot of them have been transplanted in Owens and other areas were taken out of Grizzly Island. Correct. So that genetic has, has continued throughout California and, and pretty widespread. So, and that's the same thing on that date too. I think August 3rd is, is, I think that's almost 30 days prior to most everybody else hunting. Yeah. So at least for the Grizzly unit now, some of the PLM tags obviously yes, start correct. in July and then there's a few tags here in this area that are in July during, but that August 3rd time frame is like right in that rut period i mean that's a that's a prime time to be hunting tule elk in the state of california on grizzly island i mean it's pretty much it's pretty much a slam dunk because that would be a a hunt that says any legal method that means you could take a rifle out there with solid copper bullets and and whack one you can start out with your bow and then if that doesn't work out and you see the bull of a lifetime right yeah well and that would be the fun thing is because you wouldn't be competing with all the other guys yeah. right so you could be out there first first get go and make that all come together yep. so raffle tickets how much are they buddy that's a great question um i thought you were supposed to have all that written down and know everything by heart already i think are they five or ten bucks i can't remember <laughs> exactly I know there's no limit on the number um, that they you can purchase. They are $6.48, people. $6.48. How the heck did they ever come up with a number like that? I call that number. Well, but. it is $6.48 on page number six. So, but to put your name in the hat for $7, I mean, come on. That's, that's a cheap... That's a cheap raffle. I mean, that's like us going to Utah to buy a five dollar raffle tag, yeah. and you and us, you and I, getting absolutely nothing, and then our buddy Jim drawing a San Juan elk tag, right? Yeah. Yep. I mean, Chad Mendez draws the Caparowitz uh, Desert Sheep tag, so Jeez. you know that is just unbelievable. Yeah. So, so again, a no brainer there. 
um, help support conservation and throw in a few extra dollars and try to win one of those raffle tags. Yep, that's a no-brainer, no-brainer. Something else to cover uh, in the state of California is is harvest tag reporting, and, and why is that important? Well, <laughs> two years ago, California had the requirement for all deer tag holders um, whether you're successful or not successful, we're required to do mandatory harvest requirement. To, um, you're able, required to report. So if you're successful, you have 30 days uh, within taking of the deer. If you're unsuccessful in your season, you had, I believe, until the following year, January 31st, to do your, your, uh, your harvest reporting, uh, which when you think about it, it's good and bad, right? It's, it's good, good data. It's good data because you know based on how many tags there were, how many were successful, you can obviously get a, a good um, you know, percentage of, of harvest. But you know, the downside is, is I always hate telling people whether or not I was successful and where I hunted and where I, you know, so it, it, that's the, that's the up and the double-edged sword to that. But, well, you know, we always want to try to keep our favorite honey holes as secret and as possible, which is very difficult to do nowadays. And the difficult part on that is when you're required to do a harvest report, then it's, data that anybody can get their hands on yeah and i will say though you know they always guesstimated a lot of this information and now the information should be a lot more accurate but you and i both know there's a lot of people that forget to fill out the form and if you forget to fill out the form it's a 22 dollar penalty so They have figured out a way to stick you coming and going. So if you had a blacktail deer tag that you didn't even really want to go on and you ended up not going on the hunt, and lo and behold, the next year you decided, oh, man, I got to reapply, and you get in there and you click on the button, it says, did not complete harvest report. Sorry. You have to go complete the harvest report. And then they also ding you the penalty fee. So California has figured out a way to make another couple hundred thousand dollars on the people like my dad who are (laughs) not computer literate and complains why this happens year after year after year. And pretty soon he's going to tell them to take the big old shove it up there, you know what, and he's going to just stop paying them money. Yeah, so this year, if you fail to report 2019 by January of 2020, you'll be assessed again the $21.60 non-reporting penalty uh, when you go to actually purchase your deer tag in the drawing for 2020. So I think that's that's partly how that works. So, And then as, as far as the other animals, there's, um, you know, for the big game, there's mandatory requirements for elk and, and bighorn sheep. And obviously with sheep, I believe you have to check in within 24 hours by phone. So... A lot of different requirements around reporting, but overall, the big change was around deer, uh, which went into effect uh, a few years ago. So, paperwork, paperwork, paperwork. That's right. Sounds like so much fun. I thought hunting was not supposed to be about that kind of stuff, but welcome to California, people. It is what it is. So, looking at California in terms of um, the actual kind of how the draw works, California is a modified preference point state, and. This year, in 2019, the max point did creep up from 16 and is actually now 17. So max points in the state of California um, for all the big game um, big game animals uh, drawings is 17 this year. So um, when you look at most of the drawings themselves, 
it's basically broken down uh, into two two parts. Um, you've got the max point tag quota, which would be considered the preference points, and then you've also got what California calls the draw by choice, which most of us know that as the actual random tag. Um, so. How that works is for like deer, uh, the quota would be 90% go to the max point holders and then 10% go into that random. Now, if there's a unit that has less than 10 tags, so like the G39 or the 737 Round Valley Anderson flat tag that has less than 10 tags, that tag ends up actually going uh, in the random. That right? is correct. Versus <clears throat> like uh, Devil's Garden or, or some of the better tags, the obviously the Goodale tag, which you've held, I believe is down to 25 tags now. Um, that's correct. Two of those will go random and then 23 will go uh, to the preference. Which that's a good thing. I mean, that, that hunt was definitely needing to be cut back because they were harvesting too many too many deer off of that and it just wasn't it wasn't working yeah. so yep and then for elk sheep and pronghorn um kind of the the standard tag if there's one tag goes to the random um and then obviously if there's two tags one goes to max one goes to random if there's three two max and then so forth i think as you get up to four and and higher it's the 75 percent rule go to the preference and then the others um, go to the random so so people really need to be thinking i mean if you're not a maximum point holder which i'm assuming most of the people that we're talking to are not you need to look at the numbers especially when it gets to one of those premium hunts like there's only one sheep tag sometimes the odds on that one sheep tag look absolutely horrible but since it goes to the pure random you have a better chance of hitting that than one of these other ones where potentially you know 250 max point holders put in for the for the maximum point draw but then they're also in the random draw too so yep. they they skew the numbers quite heavily in regards to that so Correct. pay yep. attention to that people you got to look at that for a special purpose right there and then the last thing on the application if you choose to apply um, as a party the maximum number of party members for deer is six and then for elk and pronghorn, uh, only residents may apply up to a party of two. Uh, and then there is no um, opportunity to apply as a party for bighorn sheep. So, Which back on that, you know, I mean, you and I have talked about this numerous times. Under uh, normal circumstances, guys, <clears throat> if you and your dad really want to hunt together, I understand applying as a party. But... If you want it, if the draw odds are still like one in 20 to draw, you should both apply separately. Yeah. Put your both names in the hat, separate them out, and plan off if one of you hits that you both get to go. Sure. You know, because right now the numbers are, are really bad. And, you know, I think my brother and I are talking about applying for pronghorn together this year, but the numbers are getting pretty close on maximum point holders where. You know, it might be a one in four, or in some cases, it might even be a, a guaranteed situation where you could press to get the tag. But under normal circumstances, you know, if it's a one in 20, man, put your name in the hat twice. That means you got two chances in 20 of coming up, not one. That, you know, doubles your opportunity. Correct. So, yep. Think it through. Yep, absolutely. So anyway, so like I said, some like to do the, the party applications. I think to your point, like you just stated, it's probably better in some circumstances, depending on what species you're putting in for, depending on the points that you have, maybe to do it separately and have better options at drawing. And then again, both of you could enjoy the hunt with just one tag as well. So anyway, okay. So 
Bighorn sheep. Oh man, gotta draw sheep tag. Yeah, you're uh, um, you're there, man. Man, come on, gotta draw a sheep tag. So ca- California sheep. right now um, is producing, you know, probably some of the the best desert sheep in the lower 48. I mean, obviously you've got places in Arizona and a few units, um, you know, in Nevada that are, are putting out some some incredible deserts, but um, California right now the genetics. Um, obviously the onset of, of, um, some of the sheep that have been, you know, harvested in the last few years, obviously Goliath taken out of the Oracopias, uh, and then there's, there was sheep last year, um, that were in that high 180 class range, mid one eighties. Yeah. Um, there's just some great opportunities in terms of what potential is for desert sheep. Now, obviously tags, we'll talk more about that. Um, you know, tag allocations is, is pretty slim when you think about how many applications <laughs> there are. Um, but the, the quality of, of not only the hunt, but also the quality of the ram, um, it's pretty phenomenal what California is putting out for genetics right now. Well, I mean, uh, I mean, anybody that's loves to hunt should be throwing their name in the, in the sheep draw. Right. Yeah. I mean, the reality is that it's horrible, horrible draw odds, but somebody's got to get it. And the reality is that even if you, this is your first year and you're listening to this podcast for the first time, there is a unit in here that is for everybody. There's the units that, of course, we recommend for those guys like Lucas that can run up a 10,000 foot cliff and be healthy, you know. I'm sorry. I'm telling them, man. I'm telling them that they're going to go after your tag. It has the most tags. It has the, that's what I was going to say. But hunter this, success rates. Hunter success rate sucks. Well, yeah. actually, no. I mean, it was two two out of the three people killed a sheep. Yeah. But the guy that didn't kill the sheep, you're thinking, what the hell is wrong with you? Yeah. Um, high elevation. High elevation. The Zone 7 White Mountains. I mean, I'm going to throw it out there just because I can. They have increased the tags from three to six. Now, they did that because, of course, they had a big die-off in the San Gregorio Mountains. And the problem with sheep is if one sheep walks out and gets into a herd of domestic sheep and then comes back... They're done. It'll wipe out the whole herd. Yeah. I mean, just that fast, you could find 30 dead sheep dead on the side of the road. So... Yeah. Now, this hunt is not for the faint of heart. This is a high-elevation hunt for those people that have not read this on page 54... Down at the bottom with a little asterisk, it says, other hunters have experienced altitude sickness. If I remember right, eight to 12,000 feet Correct. in that area. Yep. I mean, you're not talking, You're even for a healthy person, it's a, you got to get up there two, three days ahead of time to put yourself in a good spot. Yep. Just, wh- just to acclimate. And then like I say, it's extremely rugged terrain. Unlike some of the units down, you know, in the, in the Southeastern part of the yeah. state, which are, um, well, Much the, more the Katie's and the Newberry that 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 area is theoretically it's it's not that difficult of an area. Yeah. Now we don't know if this new area ten actually got approved, but we're really hoping it does because we noticed the Katie's is dropping from four tags to two. Correct. Which is kind of a bummer because we were told that there's a lot of good 160, 170 class Rams in that area. Yep. But in in the flip on that, if they did open this other area, Zone 10, there's six brand new tags there. So that is going to be a special area. It would be hard-pressed to think that they put it in the digest, they propose it, 
and the commission today shuts it down. Now, again, crazier Not, things yeah. can happen. but I mean, this um, is California, and yeah. who knows who's on the commission yeah. nowadays. But I'm guessing if they put it in print, that it's probably, it's probably going to happen. Yep. I, I did want to point out that the Clark's Kingston had two tags, and now it's going up to four. So we have that one that increased. The marbles went from four tags to five. So, I mean, a lot of these are going up. Now, the Oracopias is still just one tag. Um, and, of course, that's where Goliath was killed. So the draw odds on that last year was 1 in 100. No, 1,027 people applied as first choice for one tag. So, um, yeah, that's horrible. <laughs> and a guy like me, I, I used to apply for that unit, but now as a max point holder, yes. I'm like, that's that's not where I would put in. No. I might put one of my kids in for it because they're not max point holders. But still, that's, yeah. like that's a- steep numbers where, like your Bristol's, the South Bristol's, you know, I mean, they went from one tag to two. So now they're going to have one in the maximum point. So that might be an interesting one for a max point holder. That 874 was on a random. Now that's the lowest draw odds that we have in the sheep draw, but for an individual tag. Correct. One tag, one random, and then one one goes to the preference point. So, so yeah. So just to kind of briefly break down. So again, bighorn sheep, 90% go to residents, 10% go to non-residents. So this year there's 26 tags that are allotted in the quota for this year, pending today's approval. Um, there is the opportunity that two of these tags could go to non-residents. So that's a pretty big deal. That's the first time that I'm aware of where um, the tag quotas were over 20, where that opportunity was available and for non-residents. And it was only 17 last year. Correct. So, I mean, that's that's almost a third increase. And Pretty that's amazing. with one unit being completely shut down. Yeah. So, in California, there's 10 hunt zones. And of the 10, only seven of them actually have tag allocations this year. So, the, the Kelsos, uh, the Sheep's Hole, uh, and then, of course, the San Gorgonio this year um, are all struggling uh, with, uh, you know, San Gorgonio with the sheep they've identified in pneumonia. So those units will have no tags this year, but of the seven, yeah, 26 tags available. So um, pretty and, exciting. I mean, when you and think you about and I it, know that there's other units that should be open right now that have mature rams in them yeah. that are going to probably die of old age. Correct. I mean, that's just, that's just the fact. So yeah, at some point, Hopefully, the when they get done doing the research or whatever that they're doing in some of those areas or, or transplanting or whatever they're doing, that those areas may have the opportunity to have hunts as well. So, so in other words, people apply for bighorn sheep, even if you're not drawing it now, put your name in the hat. Because yep. five years, ten years from now, we might have another three, four, five, six zones that are going to open up. And when these other zones open up, there's going to be some seriously good age class rams in these other zones that are going to just blow your mind now you got to be 16 years old to apply i know he's you, pissed i know <laughs> but he's got another year or two right you can't do any party applications and then if you do end up drawing you'll be notified by telephone in addition to that there's a mandatory orientation that's required that you have to take which basically tells you this is a ram this is a you don't shoot this. Don't shoot that. Right. So in other words, if you're an out-of-stater and you're listening to this and you're like, damn it, I'm going to go ahead and do this because I want to go turkey hunting or I'm going to go pig hunting or something else because that's a good tag, right? If you're already buying a license, this is a good add-on. Yeah. So what we're trying to tell you is 
if you draw one of these tags, you will have to block out another weekend of your time, get on the plane and fly out here to go to that. And if you draw the tag and you're not willing to do that, we're going to smack you. Well, there's plenty of people waiting in line too. So you've had that experience. One last thing I just want to comment on uh, in the, uh, in the drawing statistics for last year, look at the number of maximum point applicants that went in last year. You're talking probably roughly twelve to fourteen hundred maximum point applicants went in to the various what seven zones that were um, open last year for for applications, and then yep. you had another two hundred ninety just apply for preference points. I don't know why anybody would ever do that. Which I'm okay with that actually. Well, if somebody wants to just you know if they're max points and wants to, yeah, because you, <laughs> you don't have max points, yeah. you're hoping that all of us will do that. Correct. Me on the other side, I'm thinking, what are Enough. those 290 people thinking? I missed by a couple years, but uh, yeah. So anyway, um, no brainer. Apply for 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 Desert Sheep in California. If you draw the tag, um, we actually know some some personal friends that do some some outfitting and guiding. If you want to go that route, if not. These hunts, for the most part, um, like I said, a lot of good road access. Oh, yeah. Do a little research. Um, get a little intel. You can probably do the hunt on your own. But if you're looking for that higher-end caliber cheap where, you know, these guys are, I mean, this is their livelihood. This is what they do. They've got them, for the most part, pinned down. Although the story about Goliath was interesting how, you know, they lost them for almost two years until they found them again. So. Yeah. Those but sheep are, can do that, right? That's, I mean. That's the whole thing. You never know. They can I mean, disappear and. These things travel too, you know, and there's a lot of area out there. But uh, if, if a person really wanted to do this and wanted to do it yourself, you have to have time. You cannot just go, oh, I'm going to fly in. I'm going to spend two days. I'm going to go kill a sheep. You might get lucky and do that. But on a reality-based game here, probably need to block off at least one to two weeks if you're going to do this yourself. If you want to hire an outfitter, they could probably get you done in five to seven days, maybe even on day one, depending on how picky you are. But, you know, I mean, if you draw one of these tags, I mean, come on. If we wanted to go down and hunt a desert sheep in Mexico, it's going to be 40 grand, you know, to do yeah, that. Plus it, it could you might get a better deal. It could be twice that much. But the reality is that a good outfitter for a five, seven day hunt, you know, seven, eight grand on a on a round number. So for those people that are looking at this, you know, if that's not in your preview, you need to be able to take at least a week or two to do this by yourself, you know? Yeah. And of course, sheep, give us, give us a call. We'd be, we want to talk yeah, about it. Absolutely. Man. I mean, sheep is a once in a lifetime tag in California. So you're only going to get one shot at it and uh, you better make it count. Right. So which, absolutely. Which makes it even probably more, attractive for you to even to maybe consider um, using one of the outfitters and again there's a lot of information in the digest about some outfitters there's actually a photo in here of terry anderson with a nice ram and bob anderson as well local here with a ram as well picture photograph and and i'll and i'll say this though it's not like there's huge pressure right i mean no. two tags four tags five tags six tags six tags for an area that's absolutely monstrous right yep. I mean, these places will be able to provide people with opportunities that nobody else will ever get. Correct. So, you know, put your name in the hat, people. Put your name in the... Did I say that enough yet? Put your name in the hat, please. Or don't. 
and we're okay with that too, but we're advocating it would, it, it would be in your best interest to do so. So I want to go sheep hunting, man. I know I'm Jones and you'll, uh, you'll eventually be at some point again, Hopefully some point again, too. one of these days. Okay. You draw one, I'm coming. Yeah. Just pre vice pre-warned. Versa. Vice versa. I think we kind of made that commitment to each other. Okay, so where are we going? We're what are go we to, doing? Let's do elk. Oh, baby. So California, um, what the one upside of California is, is it does provide um, all three subspecies of elk. So um, yep. you can hunt tulies, Roosevelt's, and some of the Rockies that are getting taken right now in the northeastern oh, units. Oh, my are, God, they're slobs. I mean, there's some 400-class style bulls that are being harvested up there. So um, the elk populations are, are just thriving. They're doing so well here in California. The only one downside, if you are a non-resident, there's yeah. only one non-resident tag. Which we don't understand it, people. And if you understand it, maybe you could call us and explain it to us. But to my way of looking, there's a whole lot of tags here. And it seems like, once again, it seems like they would allow non-residents the opportunity. But with that being said, when you look down starting on, on the top and you see, well, there's 10 tags here and there's two tags there and there's, you know, 40% sec- success on, you know, these three tags, you do understand that as a non-resident, you know, the way our system is broke out, if they gave you one of those tags, then a third of the people that applied would not have that opportunity as a resident. Correct. So I don't necessarily understand it, and I don't necessarily agree with it, because I think that uh, government-owned land is government-owned land, and everybody should have the same opportunities. But you and I apply in numerous other states where the best hunt in the state, they say, oh, I'm sorry, you're a non-resident, you're not allowed to apply. So they cut us out of... Of doing that, which I don't think is right, especially yeah. on federal land. Yep. But that's the way the game goes. So elk is a bummer for you, non-residents. Um, and of course, if you need a tule elk, there's only one place to get it. This is the only state that offers the tule. So. And they are a pretty awesome animal. If you ever get an opportunity to even go on a tule elk hunt, you should go. Um, now, if you're looking to complete your tule elk, you can. You could shoot a cow or a spike. A lot of times you get a pretty reasonable deal Correct. on, on a cow or a spike. Um, but sometimes even those are now going for premium prices. Yeah. So kind of talking about that. So, yeah, so exactly. If, if you want to shoot your slum of elk, you've got to shoot a tooling. You've got to come through California to do it. Most people are going to end up getting a landowner tag to do that. And they're going to pay... 20, upwards of twenty, thirty thousand dollars. If the, if it's a good mature bull, probably in that higher class range. So and sometimes they they don't shoot a mature bull. I no. mean, you and I are very fortunate. We've seen some absolute slobs, yeah. and you've got trail cam photographs of some of those that just make anybody, yeah, you know, think about paying that kind of money. But no. on the other side is for those guys that are listening to this, going, did those guys just say twenty thousand dollars? Yes, we did. And we're sorry, you know, if you're not a resident, you can't draw one of those tags. And if you had to buy one to complete your slam, you know, it's, it's a painful experience. Yeah. So, and and most will say, you know, I mean, with the opportunities for Rocky and Roosevelt, there's so many other States that have opportunities right now. The quality of bull that you can shoot is, I mean, there's some great trophy class opportunities for Rockies in California, but 
most don't attenuate shooting a 400 class bull in California, but the opportunities there. Right? It happens. I mean, we kill we kill a 400 class uh, Rocky every year. Um, but just like you said, if you were thinking about shooting a big Rocky, you know, you'd you'd probably look to your Arizona, your New Mexico, your Utah, your Nevada, yeah. um, versus looking at the California. That's the reason everybody that really focuses on elk that's from outside of California looks at the Thule. But I will not I will not let anybody slip by the Roosevelt in California are phenomenal. And they are getting stronger and bigger and better every year. And, and you've got, a, just in your old backyard, you've oh, got a lot of experience with Rosies. Man, let me tell you, let me tell you, there is some phenomenal bulls out there. Yeah. And even the, even the marginal bulls are great bulls, right? Yeah. And they have, I mean, I sent you the pic uh, that I had uh, at, over Thanksgiving. And it was literally, I turned on the camera and I took my phone and I did one sweep and there was 47 mature bull elk in one field in one field <laughs> it was stupid yeah i mean i was sitting around a campfire at at new years and i pulled that out and i had more hunters trying to figure out where to go shoot those elk than anybody else there it was nuts yeah so just kind of briefly looking back at, at 2018 just some of the statistics Again, interesting enough, there was 9,460 total applications, 548 chose or maximum point holders just chose the point. So, again, interesting enough that, you know, roughly 550 people are just applying for a point who are max points. So, again, a lot of things can come into play, right? Um, had a death in the family, can't hunt this year, had an illness, you know, broke my leg, can't hunt. So a lot of that stuff happens, but it's interesting. You have that many applications, uh, max point holders don't actually put their name in the hat for to draw a tag, but well, and I, I mean, I will, I will say that I don't understand putting your name in the max point, but then last year, guess what? Antelope. I did it. It was me. I was one of those guys. Yeah. And the reason I was that guy is because the hunt seasons were the exact hunt dates that I was going to be in Nevada hunting elk. Sure. So. Well, last year was what you could consider somewhat of a drought year. We didn't have a lot of true. rainfall. So a lot of people look at that and say, you know, hey, I want to wait for a year where I feel like I've got, you know, a better opportunity at shooting a, a better class bull based on the, the precipitation. So, again, a lot of factors can play into that. But. Um, looking at the apprentice and the antlerless hunts, again, a lot of opportunities there. We won't break any of that down, but when you just kind of breeze through and look through the, uh, um, the, the actual, um, quotas for tags and, and the harvest, a lot of animals, um, uh, both in the apprentice and antlerless hunts taken. But I think it's good to look at when we start looking at some of the bull hunts, clearly you can see total number of applications and, in, in obviously the units that, that are, are more of a prized unit possession, you know, clearly looking at the northeastern california hunts i mean four thousand applications <laughs> right and that's just for um well there's there's two different hunts i believe there's the there's the um there's two different seasons for the northeastern california but you can see in the in the better time frame there was 3950 applicants and then in the second um, season there was 1169 so a ton there um, grizzly island is another one like you said um, the famed grizzly island uh, up there again public land um, all general methods around 2,673 applications in that first season, uh, and over a thousand, uh, in that second period 10 or period 12. So 
I mean, you're, you're looking at with a tag quota of three elk, right? Three bulls. Um, and then in the Northeastern units, um, they're giving out about 15, 15 quota for tags, uh, in, in those and 12 go to preference, three go to random, but still, um, you know, on both units, over 500 max point holders are putting their name in the hat for those two units. Yeah. And I mean, you got to remember, everybody has talked about Grizzly Island. I mean, I remember hearing about Grizzly Island 30 years ago when I was a little kid, you know, talking about the elk that were there. So it is ingrained in a lot of people that like my brother, I love him and hate him all at the same time. He's got maximum points, but he's like, well, I'm a school teacher and I don't have, I can't get, I can't get time off to go do these hunts. Even though I'm like, you're an idiot. You, we can do this in a weekend. Mm -hmm. Um, But he's like, no, no, I gotta, I gotta, I'm only going to put in for the absolute best. And that's going to be Grizzly Island. And I'm only going to put in for that hunt. And I'm a maximum point holder. And I go, dude, there's two tags that go to preference, 518 people. You're going to have to live to be 250 some odd years old in order for you to draw that tag. It ain't going to happen. So, you know, I mean. Start hedging your bet and looking at some other opportunities. Exactly. I mean, you only get to put your name in the hat once every year. That's it. Yep. Now you got to really look at these numbers. And there's some other ones in here that are, I'm not saying they're great odds, right? But, I mean, when you look at 250 for one tag, right, and then you pull up and you go, oh, the Bear Valley General Method Bull, only 16 max point holders put in for it. Okay, now there's only one on the preference point, but one in 16, that's a hell of a lot better than one in 250. Sure. So, and there are some other ones that drop down here. You know, like the Mendocino Bull has a, a 1 in 15 chance. I mean, those are some decent numbers that you can look at. And the one that I like, because I've hunted Siskiyou a lot, is that Siskiyou General Method Bull. There's 20 tags, but 15 go to maximum point holders. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? 24 of those were max point holders. So. so once again, there's 24 people that put in for 15 tags. That's like, that's better than a... 50-50 chance of getting a tag as a maximum point holder. Yep. I mean, now I might have just said that out loud, and all of a sudden that next go-around might be gone, but I, I'm i just telling people those are those are numbers that are doable, and those yeah. elk herds are getting seriously better and better and every better year. every year. Every year. I mean, the fun part about California elk and fish and game, I don't think uh, understands this, but... When you have 10 cows and you have one bull and that bull breeds 10 cows, you know, success rate of survival is 60%. Well, it's much that higher means, here too. Just that, that means, well, without wolves or bears or anything, no it might, and, it, it and might be even higher than that, you know. But uh, that means the next year we have one bull and we have 16 cows. Well, maybe a couple of those are going to be bulls. But math says every year that herd is going to grow. Yeah. And you and I have... Witnessed huge, it happen. huge herds of elk getting bigger and bigger, and the numbers that are being touted in the the thing are are skewed by five hundred percent. Yeah, way so underestimate. Elk is something that everybody in California needs to be thinking about, and anybody that's interested in elk that's outside this state, you should start putting your name in the hat. Even though right now there's only one tag, they got to change that. 
that's going to change. It's just going to change. It's going to happen. Yep. So, so 2019, um, just real quick, looking at the proposed hunts for 19, um, in 18, there was 9,458 applicants, um, that applied, uh, and overall looking at from the apprentice, uh, and then, you know, archery provides some pretty good opportunities too. um, some great dates. Yeah. There's, there's five, um, there's five, um, opportunities or five different hunt codes, for archery tags. Uh, this year, it looks like there's roughly about 20 archery tags available throughout those five uh, units. Uh, and also, in addition to that, there are some antlerless opportunities as well, Lone Pine and then the Fort Hunter Legged Antlerless Tag. So some opportunities there. Um, muzzleloader, uh, which uh, again is is uh, another opportunity. Um, you know, they've added the uh, Goodale unit now, which they broke out the Owens Valley units last year. So um, in the muzzleloader, um, there's, there's a, there's, there's, I think there's five tags available there. So if you're one to want to look into that, and then as you're talking about the Siskiyou and then some of the other opportunities for Roosevelt, which is basically anything from what I understand would be West of, um, of interstate five. You can see all the opportunities there are quite a few tag opportunities, right? I mean, you're, you're talking upwards to 80, 90 tag, um, quotas for, um, the, uh, for the Roosevelt opportunities uh, in California. Uh, the one then- thing I'd like to point out too is um, just like everything else, you look at the apprentice hunts and look at the success rate. 100% across the board. Straight, straight across the board. That's phenomenal. Now you get to archery and archery does basically what we expect it to, but even for archery standards, 40%, 100%, 66%, 25%. Those are great numbers for archery yep. in, in general. And then you get to the muzzleloader, it's 75%, 100%. And you're like, whoa, those kind of numbers, you know, you don't normally hear. So success ratio in California on elk hunts is really, really good. Yeah. I mean, for all intensive purposes. Now, that has a lot to do with not having a huge number of tags and the animals not being completely freaked out all the time. Um, but still, when when you're looking at this for, for elk hunts, you got to take that stuff into consideration. And then you go down to the, uh, the 2019 proposed hunts and you start looking at the success rate on some of those. And I mean... Jeez, Just look at the Thule. Jeez, Lucas. I mean, we're looking at this Thule. It's 100%. 100%. Oh, there's one that's 50. Yeah. All the rest is 100. Oh, there's a 75. 75. The rest. 83. Now, I will say this, too. When you draw a Thule tag, most everybody is seriously dedicated, right? I mean, if it's a 14-day season, they'll block 14 days out because they know they got to get this animal. Yeah. They know they'll likely never draw again. But look at look at look at the numbers. I mean, there's okay. Let me just. I'm going to do a backwards count. There's three tags that weren't filled. One tag that wasn't filled. That's five tags, six tags, ten tags. Out of all the tags for toolies, there was only ten tags that did not fill. That's phenomenal. Great success. I, I would say success rates are in the upper 80, probably-ish percent, 80 to 90 percent. Oh, Looking I bet at it, all these. I bet, it's high, I, bet it's, I bet it's in the 90s, but phenomenal. Yep. In other words, what we're telling you people is if you are lucky enough to draw one of these tags and you have a few days to put this together, you're going to get one. So high, high probability. I mean, that's just phenomenal success rate. Yep. Sorry and, for the non-residents, but 
for us residents, there's a lot of lot of lot of opportunities. Really, when you look at the it, the only sad part is uh, I'm looking at the number of tags they gave last year and the number of tags they're given this year, and just about straight across the board, everything is exactly the same. Yeah, there's a few tags I notice where oh, they're going for four spike tags there in the uh, Grizzly Island. Yeah, whoopie do. Yeah, sorry, but they did in in. Uh, in the 362, they upped it one there. There's a few areas where I think they've modified, but for the most part, yeah, Grizzly Island period, yeah, the spike bull went from two to four. But, yeah, in general, there's a whole not Almost a lot Almost everything of, is exactly the yeah. same. They're saying that our herd didn't grow last year. But as you and I know, you know, they've done this, they've done this um, survey, that their 10-year survey across the state. And, of course, they go out and they do the population counts, which you and I know are pretty bogus. But um, they, they are alluding to the fact that they're going to do somewhere in the neighborhood of that 10 to 20% increase by unit, which is, you and I know in some units, that's a whole whopping one tag, but across the board, um, if you've got, I would say 30 to 40, you know, proposed hunt code opportunities and you add another 40 elk in there, I mean, that that's over, over the, over the time as they continue to do that increase, if it is a 10% increase, you know, you will see obviously more tags generated and opportunities, but I mean, as you and I know, there's so many elk in some of these herds that they're underpopulating them. I think just to, I don't know why they do that. I, I, I don't, I don't get it. Cause man. the farmers I mean, and ranchers at I'm some sure point there's start some to, fish, there's probably a California fishing game officer that's going to be listening to this podcast and he's going to probably contact us and we would love to hear from you on why this is not it. And I could probably get a couple of guys to uh, to talk to us about it, but they'll tell us the same thing, that the, the herd's not growing as large. But you and I have sent with optics and looked over valleys and seen where they say there's 120 elk in an area and seen 300. Yeah. I mean... With and half of them being bulls. Yeah. So, I mean, you can't tell me that there there are not more elk out there than what they're saying are there. And I don't know where they're getting their numbers, but, you know, I'm sure they have a scientific way to do it. But when you could sit in one place and glass that many elk in a short period of time, you know that something's, something's hinky. Yep. So anyway, let's move off okay. this so that the person that's listening to this in Fish and Game is not thinking, oh, we hate those guys. <laughs> We love their, you guys. Keep doing your account, job. All their fake accounts that follow you and me. So, well, not you. You're not on social media. So, yeah, they could follow me all they want. <laughs> oh, it's www.idontdoanythingatall.com. <laughs> okay, let's talk about deer. Great. Are you skipping antelope? Or we well, just... we can get to antelope. You want to do antelope next? Well, I mean, we did all the other ones. Let's just. Okay. Let's let's do let's you're, do antelope. You're kind of excited about antelope because you're I one of those guys of, that look, may actually draw an antelope tag. Look at this all year. my pencil marks. I got pencil marks. I got arrows. I got all wow. kinds of. For those people that can see through uh, voice vision, I've got I've got like can draw this tag, can force this tag, can do that tag. So I, I mean, going on antelope. You know, back to that same thing. Last year's total applicant numbers was eight thousand seven forty. Most people would not think of California as an antelope state. Um, I don't either. But we do kill great bucks, seventy-five, sure. eighty-inch bucks. Sometimes we kill a bomber. Um, yep. Last year, four hundred and sixty-two people put in for the for the. Uh, 
point draw. And uh, I was one of those guys. I did not put my name in the hat because I knew the time period was wrong for me, which you got to look at the hunt dates because California does have some goofy hunt dates um, when it comes to antelope. Um, August 24th to September 1st is kind of one of the realms. Um, Pretty predominant season yeah. there. Some some do have the, the, it's the archery that does the August 10th through the 18th. And then they do have a later one, uh, September 7 to 15. Um, yeah, the tables in the last and period two general buck units are September 7 through 15. So, so but if you look but, at the 2018 numbers, you know, like, like zone three likely tables, one of the better units, they put out 45 tags, 34 to go to maximum point holders, 11 to go on the random. There was 3,240 people that applied for it. <laughs> that totally sucks. Yeah. But 141 of those people had maximum points, so I did the simple math of 34 into the 141, and you're looking at like a 1 in 4 chance to, to hit that tag as a maximum point holder. Um, for those people that aren't maximum point holders, you know, when you look at 11 tags into 3,240, it says uh, save your money and go to Wyoming. <laughs> Because yeah. I'm thinking that every also. couple of years, if you really want to shoot a pronghorn, California is probably not the state if you're not max. Yeah, but from my standpoint, I always wanted to do the you know try to kill you know an antelope in California, kill an antelope in Nevada, and kill an antelope in Wyoming. You know, try to see how many different states you could actually harvest one in, and that'll kind of check something off the bucket list. So your internal bucket list. I know because I got one on the wall up there from Wyoming, and that's about as good as I'll ever really care to shoot again. Well, but you know, they taste great too they and they're fun. Excellent. They're fun to hunt. Nothing yeah. like nothing like getting up, cooking yourself some eggs and bacon and then getting in the yeah, truck. Not really having to get up at 4 in the morning and getting in yeah. It's a rough hunt. It's a great kid's hunt too. So the yeah. apprentice hunts are really good, but the odds are back to being not so good. So Yep. So yeah, just real quick, in in California, there's six zones uh, in for pronghorn, but within each of those zones, there's there's a like the tables in the Lassen units both have a general period one and period two, and they're just different dates. So the period one tag is like you said, the early August 24th to September 1st, and then there's a week lapse into the period two tag, which is September 7th uh, through the 15th. So same allocation of tags. Uh, the tables have 45 tags versus the Lassen unit have 35. But again, those are two of the predominant, two of the units, predominant units yes, in the state that most everyone are trying to vie for, for one of those tags. So but for those people that don't have max points, I mean, look at this this uh, Zone 5 Big Valley archery buck hunt. There was only one tag, and yes, 74 people applied for the one tag. But can you imagine if you had the one tag for the unit? Have the whole unit to yourself. Jeez. Yeah. I mean. Clear Lake is another one that's a decent tag, right? Um, so Surprise Valley is, is another one. I mean, if you were able to put your name in the hat and 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 draw that for an archery hunt, that'd be super fun. Yeah. I mean, early dates, right? Early August. So it's not like that would really interfere with any of the, no, the Western hunts. Open up a lot of opportunities. Yeah. So, well, okay. Good luck. Well, good luck, man. So far, the luck hasn't been too good for the Irish, eh? I don't apply for, for pronghorn in California, so. Well, like Just I one said, of those things. if you want to kill a nice antelope, Wyoming's the place to go. But if you want to kill one in, in multiple places, got to put your name in the hat. Yep, for okay. sure. Okay, We're looking at deer, huh? Okay. So California, 
Um, the one cool thing about California is it, it offers opportunities both for residents and non-residents um, for deer. You know, we've got mule deer, uh, which, you know, we're all of the, uh, a lot of the Exxon units up in the Sierras that go all the way up into Bishop in that area. And then, of course, um, our blacktails on the coast, basically anything, um, you know, I would say to the, to the west of I-5, all the way up the coastline. I think they say anything north of Santa Clara County is considered a true Columbia blacktail. And then the ones we hunt down here are considered somewhat hybrids. But, I mean, when you look at these deer and you look at their tail, clearly they're not a mule deer, right? These are a, these are a blacktail uh, descent. So, um, yeah, so California uh, is, is, a, is an excellent state for opportunities. I mean, you have the ability to hunt two deer in a year. So you've got your first tag uh, and also uh, your second tag uh, opportunities. So kind of how that breaks down, basically your first tag drawing um, allows you um, to apply for your first choice, which is typically your premium deer hunts. Um, premium, or yep. you could put in for a preference point uh, if wanted to. Um, the second tag uh, allows you, um, again, only to be used, um, again, by junior hunters to apply in the apprentice hunts. Uh, or also, once you've applied for your first year tag, your second tag uh, allows you um, basically the opportunity uh, to hunt. Um, some of the general unrestricted units um, like the uh, A zone, the B zone, like you were saying, a lot of the D units like D3 through D5, D7, D8, D10 uh, as well. And then also, if you want to put an archery only, an AO tag in your pocket, uh, you could hunt any of the archery units that are open during that time with that with that deer tag as well. That, so, are, not, that are not the limited archery hunts. Correct. Just the unrestricted correct. deer hunt. So. Which is really a cool tag. I yeah, mean, an I mean, AO tag, I mean, you could hunt basically from the Oregon border almost to Mexico, you know, on the coast. Depending you know. on the tag. Yeah, the, depending on the season dates, yeah, you could be archery I mean, hunting. Literally, you could start in, in the south in July, and if you don't fill with an AO tag, you could move to, you know, the middle of California in you know september run all the way up i mean it's it's a pretty cool tag that it allows you to do that not a lot of people of course take advantage of that because they they try to draw a specific archery area or an a hunt that's that's limited and gives potentially better dates in in a better area yep but um it's still a it's still a pretty neat pretty neat tag to have so the three classifications like we were saying broken down there's the premium there's the restricted and then the unrestricted so your premium deer hunts are those that are basically um, where the quotas are filled on the previous year on that july 1 time frame so what we're looking at here are a lot of your general zones so c d6 which we talked about went into premium d9 d12 and then d17 as you get farther north all of your x zone hunts so x1 through x12 which is the bridgeport hunt are all in the premium and then obviously the g the general method hunts um you know g3 which uh, we're familiar with that g37 g39 some of those better units those are all premium deer hunts um, that require points to draw a lot of those tags again not all of them require max points a lot of them with archery you can draw a few of those x-zone tags you know with three to five points Uh, but a lot of your g hunts uh, the better hunts in the state will require you to have more points uh, specifically to have an opportunity to draw some of those tags People need to be fully aware, too, um, when you're looking at a lot of these hunts, you need to look at the hunt dates. Um, the X zones, most of the X zone hunt dates are October 5 through October 20. And the reality is that those, in my opinion, are horrible days unless 
unless we do get a weather. And I've hunted them. The problem is the couple of years that I got to hunt up there, it was 70 to 90 degrees on October 5th. And on October 20th, it was a whopping 55 to 80. So, you know, you got to be conscious that if you draw one of these tags with, you know, one to five points, it's a, it's a tag. You got a tag in your pocket, but you need to be conscious and be open to be flexible and, and watch the weather patterns. I mean, your opportunities will double if you could hit it on a, a week that a storm blows in. You know, correct. So, and success rate, you know, I mean, you could tell the success rate. These people, once again, even with these bad dates, I mean, you're looking at 65% success rate 37, 35, 41, 50, 60, 71. I mean, so the people that are drawing these X tags are putting their days in and they are being successful. I mean, 45% success rate with 760 people, that's pretty good numbers. Sure. Right? But, yep. you know, you got to be conscious of the dates and and don't don't fool yourself thinking, oh, man, this is a this is a rut hunt because nothing is going to rut in California except for maybe blacktail down in our area where season will be closed during October 5 through 20. Sure. Unless you draw like the late season Monterey tag, like the 80, 80 through 33 tag, which. I thought it, you said you weren't going to tell anybody about that one sh- so you could keep it to yourself. Yeah. So most don't know about that tag, but. <laughs> But in addition to the premiums, there are the muzzleloader hunts. Uh, so the like the M3 through, um, you know, like the M11. Obviously, one of the, the better hunts uh, is that M3 tag, which is the Doyle tag. We'll talk about that a little more. Archery has premiums, so A1 through A33. Then there are the apprentice hunts as well. On the unrestricted, just touch on that real quick. So the unrestricted deer hunts, um, again, are those that did not fill on or before the first business day of August 1st, which is, again, the previous year um, data. That's where the AO tag is found, so that's your archery only. In addition to that, the general zones are your A, B, D3 through D5, D7, D8, so in the Sierras, uh, and so forth. So those are those where you can basically put a deer tag in your pocket. Like I said, the AO tag is a great tag to have where you can basically archery hunt any open season during that time, checking the season dates and having a blast, you know, hunting blacktails basically up all the way, all the way down the coastline. So, so with that being said, for anybody that, that wants to put in for, for the draw, we would suggest your first tag choice be one of the tough tags yeah swing and for the fence if, right yeah swing for the fence on slot number one they give you three slots but the reality is the first one's the only one that matters but after that if you're like man i'm coming to california during september you know then grab one of the b zone tags the nice thing about a general b tag is it covers b1 b2 b3 b4 b5 and b6 i mean that is pretty much the whole northwest corner of the state of California, it's huge. Yeah. I mean, and the dates are not super great, but you could then with that one tag, you could archery hunt from in most of those areas from August 17th to September 8th. If you're not successful, then you could rifle hunt September 21 to October 27 in most of those units. So it's a it's a good opportunity for you to put a tag in your pocket downside if you decide not to go and you have that tag in your pocket 
Make sure to fill out your harvest quota program or the following year when you put your name in the hat again, they're going to ding you for another 22 bucks. California's extortion fee. So, yeah. So just real quick breaking down, you know, some of the, I would say the, the better or top mule deer units, um, you know, clearly some of the A units, Bass Hill is one that's talked about a lot, A26 again, and also A27 is that devil's garden hunt. Um, it's a great archery hunt, but again, it's one of those things that's along the Oregon border. Um, it's one of the better hunts in the state, but it's always based on migration, right? Yeah. And whether or not um, the deer have pushed over based on the weather, um, and, and it's always a wild card. If you go with the M9 tag, which is the muzzleloader hunt, again, very similar. Um, that's almost a month sooner uh, in August time frame. Actually, it's the same dates uh, as as the uh, as the archery hunt as well excuse me i was thinking the um the doyle tag which is uh in november late in november which is one of the m3 muzzleloader tag that's a great unit as well um and again it's kind of in the lower elevation uh sits up more towards the nevada border um but has some great deer in it and, and really sits in that time frame where you could probably get in on a good uh, rut hunt as well um some other G premium units, as we know, Goodale, um, you know, is the December tag. G6 uh, is the Kern tag. And then Anderson Flat, G37, 25 permits. And then G39 is is arguably, you know, one of the best hunts in the state, only gives out the two tags. So, um, yeah, that's what I was going to mention. You guys got to remember that these numbers that we're talking about, these are the absolute better hunts in California. Not to say that a big buck can't be living somewhere in all of these other units because we hear of 180 and 200 inch deer being killed out of some of these subunits just like everybody else but that's usually by either a guy that has insider information or a private landowner or somebody that lives there right i mean it's very hard to just draw one of these tags and and go in and whack an absolute giant without some insider trading information so. Yeah, which which I mean, a lot of your your guides, and that's one of the things about you know G three last year is there were some really nice deer taken out of that unit weather, last year. Weather we had good weather last year. Yeah, which which we talked about earlier. You know, we had good moisture last year. That also triggered a lot of the a lot of the animals to move, which means this year we should have great horn growth. Should be off the chart in most cases. I mean, you and I are even even around here in our area right now. There's still green grass out there. I mean, it's been years since we've seen that. I mean, that means the yeah. moisture in the ground is that good. And we actually had a little bit of a rainstorm last night, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, so just looking at, so using, you know, the Goodale G3 unit uh, as, uh, as as one of the options here. 5.3% were two points, 21% were three points, 52.6% were four point deer, and then five point plus were 21%. Of the 25 tags, 19 harvested. So... So that's that. That's the one thing that threw me on this this data. They said that the data was going to be better this year than it ever has been before. Yeah. Yet, in that particular hunt, only nineteen people reported out of well, twenty five. Yeah, total reported. Yeah. So, but it says it. It also says this is this is. Um, what, what do they call it? Uh, well, that was 19 pre- reported harvest. Pre- preliminary information. Yeah, so 19 out of 25 harvested from what was reported. So. Well, but you and I both know that the year that I hunted at 35 tags, I was the only one that did not harvest. And you could have killed 
lots of deer there. Anything, so yeah. I'm guessing that this preliminary information that they're missing some people or somehow it six didn't, people that either had to pay the $22. dollars. That's yeah. what I was getting at. The Absolutely. people that have to pay the extra fee. Yep. So, but there are some great hunts in California. I mean, the junior opportunities are really, really good for those people that have, have kids in the state. You know, I mean, you got to look at a lot of those hunts that are available for the juniors. And once again, a little, little tidbit of information, you could put your junior in for his first tag with any of the premium hunts. And then on the second tag, you could actually apply him for the junior hunt, but they do use maximum points. So if you decide that you want to apply them on the first tag, they will get into more opportunities on the junior hunt. So when you look at the random quota available, it says like on this uh, J3 hunt, there's 15 total tags. Eight are going to the preference point quota. So if a junior started applying when they were 12, which is the age, by the time they're 17, they're going to have five points. They're going to then be able to be in on the eight tags plus the seven. So, you know, but you have to use your first tag if you want to do that. You cannot use your second tag. Correct. But if you want to just use your second tag, you could apply for any of these, and then you would be in the random quota drawing on your second tag. Yep. So good opportunities. Put your kids in, take a kid hunting every opportunity you can, pass on our sport that we love so dearly. Yeah, and then just looking at, you know, some of the unrestricted hunts for A zone, there's 65,000 tags. In the B zone, 35,000. The D zones, which is D3 through D5, 33,000 tags allotted. So, I mean, there's so many opportunities, um, you know, for folks to get out. And then the AO, there's 100,000 tags um, in the quota. And of course, those tags were, were not filled last year, but uh, estimated hunter success was around 11%. So it's almost kind of like hunting elk in the West, yeah. around 10% yeah. uh, well, success rate. And and look at look at all the archery hunts. I mean, all of the limited archery hunts, while the, the draw odds are not super great, they're actually not super bad. You yeah. know, I mean, if you're an archery hunter like, like we love to do, I mean, California has some good opportunities. Once again, you got to look at the hunt dates. Some of the hunt dates are not exactly great, but, you know, actually, I actually prefer some of the hunt dates in August and September with archery in some of those units because the deer will probably still be in the velvet and they won't, they'll be with their buddies and they're not going to want to scratch their horns on hard stuff. So they'll be out in the open, give you better opportunities to pattern them. Of course, then might drive you absolutely nuts if they're out in a sage flat. And, and you uh, can't get a stock on you, them. But. You can't get to to Lucas's bubble of 80 yards or oh, my yeah. bubble of 40, yeah. right? So Yeah, and one thing to keep in mind too, and you know, in California there's a lot of public land. I mean, in 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 the Lots. areas in the areas of the Sierras, you know, if you draw one of those um, you know, one of those A tags, there's a ton of public land, right? Um, so a lot of opportunities one, but also B a lot of places um, where you have good access. Um, you know, not only uh, in, in some of the uh, national forests, but also uh, in some of the wilderness areas as well. There's a there's a ton of public land. Uh, and then as you get down, like even, um, you know, we've got the uh, um, the Los Angeles archery tag, which is down uh, in the Santa Cruz, um, you know, 
national forest down in LA. I mean, there's a ton of property there. And I know a lot of folks at archery hunt that down there and just have a blast. So a lot of people don't think about it, but you know, like Wyoming doesn't allow non-residents to go into the wilderness unless you either have a guide or you have, have a, a local, local resident, local that's resident gotta, that that'll go with you Yeah. where in California, we have tons of public property and tons and tons of wilderness that, hey, you know what? You can put on a pack and go back into the Trinities, and, man, there is some really incredible areas. A lot of these areas, you got to remember back in, you know, the 80s, I was able to drive my four-wheel drive truck into a lot of these areas. Then in the early 90s, they locked up all of those places, deactivated hundreds and thousands of roads, which basically makes most of this area unaccessible. For those people that are young and energetic or have horses, you can get back into a lot of these areas still and, and, and be untouched. You know, you get three, five miles off the trailhead, there's nobody out there. Yeah. I mean, and it's just literally nobody. So, and I, have, and I have a lot of my buddies that are non-residents that, you know, hey, say, is it possible for me to get a B-zone tag or an A-zone tag and hunt for a week and harvest a buck? I said, well, it's pretty possible you're going to have multiple stocks on deer. Now, whether you seal the deal, yes. that, that, that's, you know, that's another story. But yes, the opportunities are there, um, you know, for non-resident paying the non-resident fee for license and tag. It's cheaper than a lot of states to come and hunt deer here, right? Yeah. Than it is in some other states as being a non-resident. So, well, and, and let's flip that a little bit now with the junior and is is it junior resident only, or does it count for juniors the lower price fee, Lucas? Oh, on the uh, changes for eighteen or nineteen, um, that I'm not sure of. I, I want to say it's probably. Says resident bear tag, resident junior resident hunters, junior. Okay, I was yeah. thinking, man, if 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 a dad wanted to bring his kid into California, but and I think yeah, it's specific I don't to bear, elk, pronghorn, and sheep. So, man, that would have been if they would have. Yeah, see, they just list non-resident bear tag at three oh nine forty because I was going to tell everybody, you know, if you have never killed a black bear, California is filled with them and we yeah. want you to come and kill a help couple extras out. help us out right come on out and kill a bear if you're going black tail hunting you need to put a black bear tag in your pocket if you're going to hunt in northern california because in five to seven days you're going to see at least one black bear i yeah. mean if you're doing your due diligence you know you may you may only see one legal buck but you will see a legal black bear so help us out. Shoot a black bear. Come yep. on, people. And then uh, just the last couple things. So I think, you know, like I said, deer, if you're someone who wants some opportunity, wants to come and hunt deer in California, um, th- there's a ton of opportunity out there for you. And uh, go online, take a look and see kind of what you're looking for, what location you want to look at, uh, and put your name in the hat. There's a lot of, lot of opportunities for tags in California to hunt deer. So Lots. Um, like you said, um, you know, black bears, um, California is littered with black bears. That's another opportunity, um, you know, and depending on what location and area that you want to hunt in, uh, they do put a quota um, every year uh, on uh, the actual bear season. I believe it starts when gen- when the general archery season's open and Correct. it goes until I believe there's either been 1,200 bears harvested or till the end of the year. And we have not seen that harvest statistic happen since we've taken away the yeah. use of dogs or, or any type of other um 
In other words, you can hunt bears in California from if you buy a tag and you want to start in August, you can hunt bears basically from August almost to the end of the year. Yeah. Um, And we haven't seen anybody anybody, uh, max that out yet. So... No, but there, there is, is a, lots of opportunities for black bear, and you could combo hunt, right? That's one time. Then you can blacktail deer hunt at the same time as as bear hunt, or even like when you were with me in Goodale, you had a bear tag, so we kept yeah. our eyes open. And uh, I know it wasn't opportunistic, but like my brother found a really big bear down on the southern end of the unit. But we were all the way in the northern end of the unit. Yeah, he we was saw just, some good tracks in there. He was for just sure. covering country. Yeah. So there is a mandatory um, requirement to present the skull if you do harvest, and it has to be done within ten days. So I believe they also age them, so they'll go in and they'll they'll pull a molar out and, and age the bear for you. So, uh, but yeah, obviously California is a, is a great opportunity state for for black bears. Additionally, wild pigs is another species that's a heck of a lot of fun to hunt. Um, it tests your abilities and skills to stock. They've got great scent properties and, and clearly use their nose to, to, to aid them in, in survival. But, you know, two of the top counties for wild pig hunting, <laughs> Monterey County and San Luis Obispo County, right in our backyard, right? And so, and that's on a three-year average report to take. Now, there's not mandatory required reporting for pigs. So this is a number that is what they know of reported, but, um, you know, clearly pig hunting. I mean, you can put five pig tags in your pocket and shoot five pigs in one day if you want to. I mean, it's no bag limit. As long as you've got a tag for it, um, you're good to go. And I, I want to point out with with that, um, the, the last page of the proclamation um, has an important law section. It's uh, 2353 Fish and Game Code. This is the declaration of bringing uh, animals into California. So for you guys that are hunting out of state and listening to this podcast, when you cross the border, you need to have this form filled out. If you are planning on having a California taxidermist taxidermy your animal, you need to have this form filled out. If you don't have this form filled out and your animal is at a California taxidermist and his place gets looked into by fish and game and that form's not done, you are the one that's responsible for it. And also want to point out the prevent chronic wasting disease. Please no brainstem or Backbone, spinal cord. Skull. You know, skull caps got to be clean. Correct. Um, I had a couple of guys that I heard of crossing the border. They got stopped. They didn't cape out their head. And the fishing game said, sorry, you can't bring it in. You got to cape it out yourself. And, you know, they had already froze the head. So by the time they got done, trying to get the brain matter out they had run their capes so people pay attention to that we don't want chronic wasting disease here and it hasn't been found anywhere in this area but i know a lot of people go to colorado and then come back and uh, colorado is one of those places that has had it pretty pretty bad so pay attention well pretty comprehensive breakdown i'd have to say um I listen to a lot of podcasts. I don't hear anyone go into that much depth in California. So I think, uh, I think it's pretty cool that <laughs> we can most, sit down most of the guys that are non-residents have already yeah, probably zoned us like, out. Yeah. They're like, geez, we're on speed. F- how much? You yeah. Know? Don't even care. Heard that. Okay. There's only one elk tag. I have maybe the ability to hunt two sheep tag. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not interested anymore, but for but us, you, for but, locals, and residents, but for locals and residents, it's pretty cool. And for those guys 
that do like to hunt lots of different animals. If you're an out-of-stater and you haven't killed a black-tailed deer, guys, you got to come try. Yeah, and I, I mean, mean, if you want to put it on your bucket list, if you want to slam your deer, Columbia blacktail is a opportunity. California, of course, anywhere up the coastline, you can hunt a Columbia, but California gives you a lot of different abilities to do that. So, and, a and lot of huge fun. season dates, right? B yeah. zone from August till October. I mean, archery and the B zone tag covers both. You know, you can start archery hunting if you really like to do Going that. To the general. Once you get it, fill for an area. Opening morning, a lot of times you can put your buck on the ground with a rifle. Yep. So. There is that gap, though. Almost every zone has has like a week period, so it's not like you could go to Wyoming and and hunt with your bow, and the next day when season opens, switch from your bow to your rifle. Yeah. There's usually a week lapse or so yeah. or more. So, so you have to go salmon fishing or something goofy like that, or yeah. go play on the ocean, or so. go scout and find your buck for ready for opening day. There you go. All right, man. Well. Good As seeing, always, good seeing you. Yeah, even though even though you only live three houses away yeah, and you're no. never around. It's oh wait crazy. a second, no, maybe I haven't maybe been around. Maybe you've been the one that's been gone a lot. Oh my god, driving me nuts. Well, hopefully uh, our listeners will get some benefit out of listening to uh, the breakdown today. You know, we've we've done this for the last three or four years, and I've gotten a lot of feedback. Um, folks like to kind of hear what our recommendations are. Obviously, it's by virtue of what we know and our experience doesn't mean it's all inclusive to what you should apply for, but clearly there's a ton of opportunities. And, uh, you know, I think covering California for us is important uh, because it's our state we live in. And although I'm a transplant here, I still consider it my home now. And, <laughs> and, uh, I take it seriously cause I have a lot of points in this state too. So, so the short and the long of this people is put your name in as many opportunities as you can sooner or later, you're going to draw a tag and when you draw a tag, if you draw a really good tag, contact us. We want to know. We want to hear. We want pictures. We want the lowdown. And who knows, you know, maybe if you get a tag that we are all dreaming about, we might just run out there and help you. So, Which for you, sheep tag this oh year. Oh, my God, sheep tag. The dates are great because then I'll come out like over Christmas. Oh, we can go dude. hunt Christmas. We can go hunt in January. I mean, these are these are extended weekend trips for you. For me, I mean, for you, you'll probably be down there, but <laughs> probably live there for a month. <laughs> for me, I'll be taking extended weekends, and of course, most of the units that you know we're looking at are areas where you have family, right? Yeah. And some of that, some of that area down in the yeah. desert. So, make it definitely uh, convenient to go. It and, is on the list, and one day it will be my turn. That's just the way it is. Yep. So, all right, man. Cool, dude. Good to well, see you. Peace out, everybody. Be safe out there. Thanks, listeners. Apply June 2nd deadline. Make sure you get your applications in. If you have any questions, holler. Get a hold of us. Yep. Send us a note. Send Lucas a note. I'll try to add in on it. Yeah. Peace out. Be good. Hey, everyone. This is Lucas Paw host of the RNA Outdoors podcast, please check out Podbean and iTunes. If you have an iPhone or iPad, go to the podcast app on your device, search for RNA Outdoors, and hit the purple subscribe button. When doing this, it will automatically upload when new podcasts are loaded, and they will download into your queue. For Android users, you can access the podcast through Podbean, Stitcher, or use our website, www.rnaoutdoors.com forward slash podcast. In addition, under the RNA Outdoors podcast channel, please leave a review and a five-star rating. 
These reviews help boost our popularity and outreach. You can also follow us on our social media outlets, Twitter at RNA Outdoors, Facebook, RNA Outdoors, and Instagram, Rod and Arrow Outdoors. All links are in the show notes as well. If you like what you've heard, we hope you'll pass along our channel to your friends and colleagues. Keep up the good fight. We cannot sit by and watch the public lands devoted to wildlife protection wither away. There's simply too much at stake. Make your voice heard, speak up, and get involved with conservation efforts. And know that every little bit helps. As we say on the mountain, go farther, stay longer. <laughs>